nothing to what's going to be. That sound of that trumpet will be heard in every part of the world. And every person that belongs to Jesus will disappear. The, dead, the ones who are in the graves, the ones who are alive, everyone will meet the Lord in the air. If you could stand, please. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. Today is Prophecy Sunday, so I'm going to give you a run of what's going to happen in the last days, uh, according to the Bible. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 16. Then your Bibles, if you have it in a paper, paper or on your phone or iPad, or however you have it, um, in 2 Thessalonians, it's 1 Thessalonians. Okay, look what it says. For the Lord himself shall, des shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, we, present tense, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them. Then we will dead in Christ. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your promise. Lord, we fail our promises all the time, but you don't. You are perfect God, and we trust your word. Everything you say comes to pass, and your coming will come. Lord, we don't know when it is, but we are looking for our blessed hope that someday will come, and we will be forever with you. So come, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, Jesus is coming again. That's the mockery that the world makes. You, Jesus is going to come again? Really? How long have you guys been waiting? And I promptly say, 2,024 years. <laughs> They're like, wow. I'm like, and he's, it might be another 2,024 years, but I'll tell you what, he is going to come. Amen. Oh, really? Where you base your faith on? In the pages of the Bible. Amen. And in the lips of Jesus because he spoke it. Amen. You know what? He is coming again. You know, before that, when, when the promise was made that Jesus would be born into what? Bethlehem of Judea, huh? people didn't believe, not even if, same, the, the Jewish people, the doctors of the law, when the, they were asked, they said, yeah, in Bethlehem of Judea, they knew exactly, but you know what? They didn't went and go and find out if it was true. Magis, or astrologers, went and found the baby Jesus, worship him, give him presents, but he says, the same Jesus that went up is going to come down again. And you know what? That's the hope of the Christian church. Our Jesus is not in the grave. Our Jesus rose from the grave. Our Jesus is alive forevermore. He went up to heaven to be with the Father, sits at the right hand of the Father, and He says He will come down again. Those who died in their faith, their spirit will be reunited with their body, not corpse full of bones, a resurrected body. And those who are alive and remain may be in our generation will be transformed in the blink of an eye. Now, one of the most cold subjects or talked subjects in the Bible is prophecy. People are fascinated by prophecy. Actually, when I, was, when I first got saved, I went through a discipleship program. I remember the pastor said to me, what did you like? What else you like to know about the Bible? I said, uh, about the future. 
And he gave me a rundown about the future. And I said, really, is this true? He goes, that's the Bible. And I look at him, I said, you believe that? And I said, he goes, I do believe that. You know what? I believe the same. There will come a day where time be no more. All records of all man history, even the Patriots record, will be gone forever. Who cares about, you know, the seven or six, six uh, 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 Super Bowl titles that they have? It will be gone. Only one history will remain available. It will be God's history. This world is not looking, folks, for the coming of Jesus, neither for any Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. The world is going on. The world keeps on going. Remember the days of Noah? What happened in the days of Noah? It was a time of the world was desperately wicked, the Bible says. God says, I'm going to flood the earth. People say, oh, we're just local. No, folks, it was the whole world was on the water. And you know what? And it, when God promised, when God shut the door of that ark, guess what happened? He flooded the earth. And for many years, 120 years, talking about not having one person believing him, he preached the gospel. Nobody believed. But when God shut the door, everything came to pass. When he said he was coming to Bethlehem of Judea, it happened. And now we, now we people mocked him. Oh, you Jesus is coming? Yes, my Jesus is coming. Amen. Yes, he is. So let me give you a rundown this morning about what's going to happen in the days ahead as the future rolls. Maybe in our generation, maybe in our, in, not in our generation, but let me give you two. The next event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. Is the rapture of the church. You see, folks, I say, Pastor, where's the rapture of the church? All right, okay. So, the Bible says that Jesus came for his own, and his own receive him not. That moment when the Jewish people reject Jesus, they reject the Messiah, God put the Jewish people aside as a nation, not individuals. Okay? And God turned to the Gentile world, us. And God, they were the start of the age of the church, what we call the church age. So, the Jewish people is put aside. We live in the church age. When that church age is going to end, don't listen to people out there that put dates. No one knows. It can be today. It can be tomorrow. It can be a thousand years from now. We do not know. God the Father knows. So in this time, we live in the church age. And one day, the church age will end at the rapture of the church. The bride of Christ will, be, will meet the groom up in the air. Not, Jesus is not coming to earth. He will meet the Savior in the air. Those who died in their faith and those who are alive at that time. Those who believe. You see in the video, many people went. Some stayed behind. They were sitting in the Bible-believing church. And they were left behind. You know why? Because we're not believers. Because we carry a Bible doesn't mean we are saved. Because we might read a verse doesn't mean we are saved. No, we are saved when we, when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive Him as our Savior. We don't rely on religions, on good, work, good works. We rely on the promise of God and what He said for us. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the promise of God. So, what's the next event on God's calendar? The rapture of the church. When is it going to happen? We don't know. But look what it says in John chapter 14 verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. And if it was not so, I would have told, I 
I wouldn't have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And while I go to prepare a place for you, look what it says. I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, that ye, ye, present tense, may be also. When this moment will take place, we don't know. Nobody knows, but God knows. There's one thing. East Bay Baptist Church, we believe the church, the bride of Christ, will be raptured before the tribulation times like many think is the other way. We believe the next event in God's calendar is the rapture of the church. Okay? So, look what it says. It didn't you outline this. You might have point number one. God has not appointed his church to wrath. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Listen, the church is not going through the tribulation like many claim to be. The church, the next event is God taking the church out of the earth. And let me tell you this. The earth is going to have what the earth always wanted. No God. Oh, you guys right here, you guys are, you know, you guys should disappear on the earth, live somewhere else. You know what? If they're going to have what they always wanted, no God. God takes us bright out of the, out of the earth. And for seven years, they're going to have everything they always desire, total, total chaos. Oh, so, oh, no, we can take care of ourselves. We will see about that. The Bible says we're not. Praise the Lord, I won't be here. Amen. So God has not appointed us church to rest. God is not going to die as bride to go through that seven-year tribulation. Number two, the rapture could happen at any moment. Look what it says in second, I mean, Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking. Who should be looking? Us. Looking for, to that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I like the way Paul puts it. He said, oh, the great God, who? Jesus Christ and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at the tense of the verb. The words looking and appearing describes to us that Jesus can come at any moment. There is nothing that prevents Jesus from coming. His return can happen any day at any moment. We don't have to say, oh, but this, or oh, but that, or oh, but this. No, no, no. It can, he can come on the scene at any given moment. Here's the question, are you ready? Number three, the church is nowhere mentioned in tribulation. Or in the tribulation, Revelation chapter 6 and verse 19. To better understand the book of Revelation, you must, you need the key of the book. Okay? There is a key that is hanging right at the front door of that book. In chapter 1, the apostle Paul was in prayer when he heard a voice behind, behind him. A voice identifies himself as the Alpha and Omega, the first letter of the Greek, Koine Greek alphabet, the last letter of the Koine Greek alphabet. So the, resurrect, the, uh, the resurrected Christ instructs John. Actually, go to, if you have a Bible, go to John chapter, I mean, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. I want you to see something there. That's the key of the book of Revelation. If you miss that verse, you miss the whole book. Okay? Now look at the key in there on Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. To write these things, which what? Well, look what it says. Which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. You see the key? There's the key now. If you don't understand this one verse, you will not understand the, Revel the book of Revelation that is divided into three sections. Past, present, and future. If you read the book of Revelation, it's, it's, it's there in three sessions. Past, present, and future. Okay? So, 
What is John seeing in here? John had a vision of Jesus coming in power and in great glory. And he wrote, for the, so the first division is complete. The chapter 2 and 3, John moves to the second division, which are John bringing seven messages to the seven churches. Now, some people believe those seven churches who have revelation, revelation are future churches. They are not. There were churches at the time in Asia Minor. And those letters were to be delivered to those churches. And those letters is literally it what happened there. Jesus walked in the church. And Jesus saw the condition of the church. And Jesus described, if you read about these seven churches in the book of Revelation, you can see that Jesus describes literally what's going on in those churches. I wonder how Jesus viewed our church. So the second division is the church age. We are living in the church age. Now notice something remarkable beginning in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. If you go there, and after this, behold, the door was open in heaven, and the first which I heard was, uh, was as a word of a trump talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee the great, um, I'm sorry, uh, I'll show thee the things which must be hereafter. So, you see the past, the first chapter, then we move to the church age, the present time, the church is there, then we move to the future. So after that chapter right there, chapter 4, you're talking about the church is gone out of the earth now is tribulation time. I mean, the book of Revelation can be a scary book for a lot of people. Yes, can be a scary book. There's a lot of graphic things there, but I mean, you have to look at Ezekiel, a book of Daniel as well, that just kind of goes with it. But the book of Revelation, we have to be careful that you don't put things that are not there, but it can be a scary book. Well, so, What's the next, uh, next event on, the church on, the, on God's calendar? The rapture of the church. What's the rapture of the church? God is coming to grab his bride out of the earth. Those who died in the faith and those who are alive and remain, they will be caught up together and will be the Lord in the air. Number two, what's the ne God's next calendar? I believe this is going to happen at the same time. It's going to happen the judgment seat of Christ. People are scared of that. Don't be scared of the word judgment. All right? The judgment seat of Christ is literally God's people. Listen, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You follow that? You can be a rebellious Christian or a good Christian. Or, or you can be a carnal-minded Christian. You can be a spiritual-filled Christian. That is given. That's Bible. Okay? But once you're saved, you're saved. At the judgment seat of Christ or the beamer seat of Christ, as a place for reward, not for what about what you did. Okay? Because our sin is nailed at the cross. God saved us. Alright? Now when we meet there, it's called family business. It's called from the moment you got saved to the moment you died. God is going to look, everybody's going to look how you good works. How you did it for the Lord. And when you did, what was the intentions, how, the way you did it. So, those good works will go through the fire. Anybody ever work in jewelry? Everybody, anybody ever work with gold? What we do? We melt gold and we, we, we refine gold. And that's why we have different qualities of gold. Right? Some gold are more pure. Some gold have some impurities. And that's what we're going to do there. We're going to be refined to the fires of heaven. You're not going to the fire. Don't, don't get scared. Okay? We're going to refine. And what we do there, we're going to do business. All the good works will survive and all the bad works will be burned, the Bible says, because we did it with the wrong intentions. Okay? So it's family business. Now, 
the rapture of the church, no God on earth, we go into heaven, the judgment seat of Christ. What's happened on earth? A peace treaty with the Jewish people by the Antichrist. I believe when that peace treaty starts, it starts the seven-year tribulation. I'm going ahead of myself, but let's go. Okay. What happened in that seven, in that uh, judgment seat of Christ? You know what? There is gifts, crowns that will be given to those who work for the Lord. I'm going to quick to give you the gifts. Letter A, the incorruptible crown. Also as a runner's crown of, for self-control and discipline. Okay? Letter B, the crown of rejoicing. Okay? The crown of rejoicing is a crown for soul winning. Those who tell others about Jesus. The, let us see the crown of life. Okay? Trials and persecutions have been part of the Christian life since Christianity began. The, those who are persecuted for Christ, you know, because you live what you believe and you, you, you persecute it because of that. There's a crown of life given. Let it be the crown of glory. This can be called so the shepherds of the pastor's crown. You know, the, if the intentions of the pastor are the right, whether he does, you'd be, you be rewarded with the crown of glory. And let it be, we see the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness is so known as the watcher's crown. Those who are looking for his coming. So that's what's going to be given at the judgment seat of Christ or the beamer seat of Christ. All right? Rewards will be given for the works that we did for the Lord. If we, our works had the bad intentions on, if we don't do it with the right heart, right attitude, more than likely we're just going to see others having the gifts. And I believe in those days will be tears because we miss it out. Let it, number three, we see the marriage supper of the Lamb. We see this in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife and made herself ready. To her, uh, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed with fine linen, white, uh, clean as white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Ride, write it down, John, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are true uh, sayings of God. So, okay, get this. The rapture of the church, the beam of seat of Christ, business other than the family, we go on to celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. My thing is, how big is that table? How long is that table? He's talking about... Thousands of saints sitting there celebrating that great marriage supper of the Lamb. He said, that's amazing. It is. I'm looking forward to that. So that's in heaven, folks. All right? Number four, we see the tribulation. Look in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make at the end of saints and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring an everlasting righteousness and to the seal upon the vision and prophecy and to anoint the, the most holy. And it says in verse 25 of Daniel 9, it says, Now therefore, and understand that from the, the goings forth to the commandments, to restore and to build Jerusalem, and to the Messiah, the prince, shall be 70 weeks and three score and two weeks. I'll get you calculators and begin to do your math there. The street shall be uh, built again, and the wall, even the, the, the troubles time, we're not going to deal with all this, but I'm going to tell you something here. Okay? Just simplify this whole thing. Daniel prophesied about 70 weeks that we have as a human race. And if you look into it, 69 weeks have been fulfilled. One week is left. 
All right, you say, Pastor, but one week? No, it's coming on years. That's what I mentioned in there, okay? But it's one thing. So, Pastor, why we don't have the 70th week? Because we live in the church age and stopped. When the church age is over, the 70th week starts right after. That's a seven year of tribulation. You follow that? 69 weeks, all the way back to Nehemiah, all the way back to Calvary. It's been fulfilled. Church age started, parentheses, that 69 weeks stopped. When the church age is over, the 70th week is going to start. And I believe when the rapture of the church occurs, the world is going to chaos. What's going to happen? There's going to be a peace treaty by the Antichrist. A man is going to show up on the scene and say, I can fix this mess. I can fix this trouble. And like, you know what? Many religions, people are going to listen to his smooth words and going to follow him. They're even going to think that he is the Christ, many of them. i tell you what. Three and a half years of peace on earth, he's going to do exactly what he says. And three and a half years of total chaos. So, we see the 70, 70 weeks start, but what's going to happen? We're in heaven, the, the, the beam of seed of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb. The seven years we're in heaven, seven years on earth. They go in parallel with, one, with each other like that. Okay? So, let's look at no, uh, point number five, the second coming of Christ. The first coming, it was, he didn't come to earth. Like the Bible says, we met him in the year, he came to get his bride. But the second coming, look at Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. You can see this? This is like a horror movie right here, folks. Okay? And it said, and that shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. God is going to show the human race how powerful He really is. Everything that exists will shake at His presence. Okay, and it says right there, uh, verse 30, it says, And there shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and there shall the tribe of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of God coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together as elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So the second coming is that event when Jesus visibly, literally, physically, and gloriously returned to earth as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Chris, he was singing, no, it will be no more Calvary when he comes. Listen, Jesus came the first time as the poor servant. He came to die for me and you. The second time he's coming, he's not going to come to die again. He's coming to conquer. He will conquer Satan. The second coming of Jesus is the hope of believers that God is in control of all things and is faithful to his promise and prophecies and it will come to pass. You know why? That's why Christianity is the greatest religion in the world. Because what we believe is a living God that says, I will do that for you. Listen, we say, we really, the people of this world say, we really don't need God. Yes, they do. Right. It is amazing when they don't care about God until it hurts. And when it hurts, they say, oh, oh, Jesus, help me. What Jesus are you talking about? <laughs> you see, then, because as soon as they, they, they don't hurt anymore, oh, Jesus is out the door. In his first coming, Jesus came as a baby to a manger. 
the second coming, He's coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In His first coming, Jesus came as a, a suffering servant. In the second coming, Jesus will come as a conquering king. In the first coming, Jesus arrived in the most humble circumstances. In the second coming, Jesus will arrive with the armies of heaven at His side. He is the King of kings, and He will show the world that nobody can battle Him. Nobody can dethrone our King. Number six, the battle of Megiddo. Revelation chapter 16, verse, verse 12. If you have a Bible, you can go there. And it says, And the sixth angel poured out his vital upon the great river Euphrates, and the water therefore was dry up, and the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. prophet. And verse 14 says, And they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole earth to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. You see what the devil does? He goes from mouth to mouth bringing those people to Megiddo, to that great battle. They wanted the devil, oh Satan, Satan knows he's doomed. But Satan says, I can defeat you. And he gathered all these armies of the earth to bring him to that great va uh, valley of, uh, of Megiddo and to, to defeat Jesus. And look what it says in verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Megiddo. The word Megiddo comes from the Hebrew, I mean, Megiddo, we say English, from the Hebrew word Megiddo. But let me tell you, that is the, the next event in the, in the end of the seven-year tribulation, what's going to happen? Jesus is coming with his bride in the armies of heaven to that great valley. And he's going to battle the armies of the world. The world is going to get together and is going to try to fight the creator. Imagine that. The world is going to try to get together to try to beat down and to dethrone the Creator. When the Bible says, with his mouth, he speaks and boom, they're gone. Now, after the Valley of Megiddo, what's going to happen next? Number seven, the millennium reign of Christ. Look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel and came down from heaven, having the keys of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he lay down, hold, on the dragon, or Satan, and the old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. Okay, folks. A lot of questions. Why the millennium reign of Christ on earth? Remember in the beginning what I said? He came to a zone and the zone received him not. God put the Jewish people aside to a point they don't even know what tribe they come from. He went to the Gentile world. Alright, so the age of the church is gone. Tribulation starts. Armageddon happened and now he comes and he fulfills the promise that he made to King David. To sit on the throne of David, and he sits there in Jerusalem for 1,000 years. We're going to have on earth the best government that the earth will ever see. 
Because the one ruling the earth with the rod of iron would be King Jesus. Now, Satan would be in the bottomless pit. Where's the bottomless pit? In the belly of the earth for a thousand years with all of his demons. And a thousand years later, he's going to let loose. You say, Pastor, why? Good question. You want the answer? All right. Mankind is going to actually show that in the most, in the most perfect environment, he still can rebel against God. And once Satan is put loose, those who were born in that thousand-year millennium reign will rebel against God with Satan. That's what's going to happen. And you know what? He's going to lose again. He's going to lose again. So number seven, or number eight, the final revolt of Satan. I just explained it to you. And number nine, the great white throne judgment. And look, over, uh, Revelation 20.11 says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no, fun, no, fun, no place for them. It means there was no place to hide. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which are went in, were in it, and the dead and that in hell deliver up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And again, and that in hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second dead. You say, Pastor, what in the world is written here? And verse 15 says, And whosoever was now found written in the book of life was cast in a lake of fire. Let me explain this to you. That in hell, and it says, And hell was cast into hell. How do you do this? Okay. Every person that dies without Jesus as their Savior, they go into the belly of the earth, a waiting place. It's called Hades in a Hebrew tongue. It's a waiting place. It's like you commit a crime, you don't really, you're not judged yet according to your crime. you in prison waiting. Then before you go to the bigger prison, here is the belly, you go to the belly of the earth until the thousand years, until the great white throne judgment. And the great white throne judgment, those who are in Hades, translated in English, hell, those who are in Hades were put out to be in front of God, and they will be judged according to their works, what they have done against God, and they will be cast in the lake of fire, which is Gehenna in a Hebrew tongue, forever. Together with Satan, the false prophet, the Antichrist. So we see this, the great white throne judgment. Listen, folks. I don't want my worst enemy to be in this place right here. Because this is for those who reject God. God's people won't be there. But this is for those who reject God continually. You spit in the face of God. You mock God. You don't want nothing to do with God. Those are the people. As Listen, folks, let me put it this way. Hades, or hell, is full of people with great intentions. It's full of people who did so much good for humanity, but they missed one point. They missed God. The Bible says, what accomplish a man to conquer the whole world and lose his own soul? How much money can I accumulate if in the end I lose it all? How much things I can have if in the end I lose it all? Well, what can I accomplish in this world if in the end, you know what? I got nothing. 
I came with nothing. I leave with nothing. But you know what? What, what, what great accomplishment is that if I broke every record, if I get more money than anybody else can get, and in the end, we're up in hell. Listen, but we go there because we want to. Not because of God. God don't want, don't want anyone to go there. God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes. It means anyone. God says, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. See, we have a way to escape the fires of hell. The problem is we don't want to. We look at God and we go, mm, I don't want your salvation. I can do this myself. You see the heart of man? See, we don't want our worst enemy to be in that judgment. See, the beam seat of Christ. You want to be there. You know why? Because family business. Wonderful place to be. Great white throne judgment. You don't want your worst enemy to be there. Yeah. Number 10. <laughs> this is the reward of God's people. A new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. Revelation 21.1 it says, And I saw... A new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth would pass away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of the heaven prepares a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of the heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And it says in verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. There shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And I say hallelujah to that. And he that is set upon the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, said unto me, Write, write it down, John, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst, of, a fountain of water, of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You follow that here? What a great promise for God's people. What a great promise to the human race. Listen, God did it all for me and you. God did have no secret. People say, Oh, this thing about heaven, no one knows. This is a big secret. That's baloney, folks. It is revealed in the pages of the Bible. The revelation is, is, is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It is there for us to see and to take it and say, I believe in the words of God. I do. I don't know about you, but I do believe in the words of God. You know what? God is truthful. You know what? We say God doesn't. Listen, it's right here, folks. Read it. Show it to people. They say, well, but they don't want to hear it. Show it to people. Listen, when Jesus came in the earth, they didn't tell anybody, do you want to hear what I have to say? Right. Did Jesus say that? No. He said, you know, he said it with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Oh, do you guys want to hear what I have to say? <laughs> no, he went and preached. He went and told, oh, but people persecute me. Yeah, you know what? They spit on Jesus. They crucified him. What do you think they're going to do to me and you? But let me tell you this. I prefer somebody spit on my face and in the end lead them to Christ because I know it's a soul that's not going to hell. You follow that? You don't want to wish hell on your worst enemy because it's a place where people go. And folks, there is no purgatory. There is no middle ground. 
a person dies, a person goes to the presence of the Lord, or a person goes right to the belly of the earth, to Gehenna, I mean to Hades, and will stay there until the great white throne judgment. That's God's calendar right here. One Nobel prophecy, the rapture of the church, all these events. And in the end, a new heaven and a new earth. Here's the thing about a new heaven and a new earth. No more pain, no sorrow, no sin, no Satan. No, the world influence is not there. You know what? Here's the great thing, the great hope. Jesus will never leave us again. When his bride is with the groom, is for all eternity. Right now is a separation. He's in heaven, we here. We will come a day, no more separation. In a new heaven and a new earth. Can you imagine? The one that I worship, the one that I sing, the one I talk about, I will see him face to face and walk with them for all years of eternity, whatever is that, I don't even know how, what I just said, but for all eternity to my, with my Savior, with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I tell you what, don't tell me that uh, Christianity is not a religion of hope. Not just hope, as a living hope. I'm not afraid of anyone, I'm a, I fear my Lord, not, not a fear that I'm run from Him, is a reverence, a respect for who He is. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's my savior. He's my captain. The captain of my ship. Don't you love Jesus? Amen. I will preach to you the rest of the day, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> All right. Let me conclude with this. As we wait for the son, soon return of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, look up our blessed hope because he is coming as he promised let's pray heavenly father thank you lord for the living hope of christianity who is not a religion is a relationship with you and i pray lord this morning if there's someone here someone online watching us that truly never received jesus christ as personal savior may today they take you serious lord lord it's not my words that i preached it was right out of the bible is what you say, that's, what, that's the future, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Lord, a victory is ours. A new heaven and a new earth with you for all eternity. Lord, for God's people, I pray this morning that we live in such a way that when you come, we will not be ashamed the way you found us. Help us, Lord, to be people of dignity, righteous people, to be lights in this world. I pray for every person here this morning. Bless their walk with you. Lord, may we look up to you each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you could stand, please. We have a song of invitation this morning. I think this is a great song. It goes right with the message. Face to face. Page 417. Face to face. Can you imagine that day? Face to face with Christ my Savior face to face face to face with Christ my Savior face to face what will it be when we're prepped I behold him Jesus Christ who died for
Face to face I shall behold Him Far beyond the starry sky Face to face in all His glory I shall see Him running by Can you imagine the day? When we meet our Savior for the first time, face to face, I think our knees would tremble and fall to the ground. I think our big tongues would get shrinked in our mouths. I think we would lay flat on the earth like many have and worship our Savior. Some people say, when I see Jesus, I'm going to tell him what he needs to hear. Oh, no, 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 no. Is the, the opposite. When they see Jesus, their knee is going to bow down and they're going, to, they're going to acknowledge that He's Lord of all. You see, we think we are everything in a bag of chips. We really think so. We think we're invincible. We're fragile. We break. We crack down. We hurt. We're not that strong. You ever see uh, a dozen eggs in a bag that you drop down to the ground? That's us. You're so strong until you hit your toe on the, on the table or on the chair somewhere. And your tears are coming out of your eyes. No matter how big you are. And you see like a big man or a big lady, whatever. And, oh, and everything goes down. That's how we are. But praise the Lord, one day I'm going to see my Savior. The one I sing. The one I worship. The one I, people think that I'm wasting my time. No, no, no. I'm going to see the one who year after year after year I have worshipped face to face one more verse is our last verse oh, oh. where the darkness fell between but a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky face to face in all his glory I shall see by and by. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. What a blessing to see with our future holes. You know, people are consumed and are worried about the economy and everything getting so expensive and everything. Yes, listen, we cannot be ignorant to the fact what's going on. I understand that. But ultimately, think about where we're going. We have a great Savior, a great King. He will come one of these days. You know what? Look up. Because he can come at any moment. Face to face. I encourage you, if you need to leave, I understand. Nobody's going to look down on you because of that. But we have a great amount of food over there. And we need, we need some people to eat it. You know? It's quite a bit of food in there. So I encourage you to stay with us. Uh, I'm going to see if I can taste everything. <laughs> 
Anyway, it's desserts in the back. It's entrees in there. It's a blessing. Let's break bread together. Uh, what I will say is that door over there, we're going to open that door. You can, uh, you by yourself or your family, however you want to do it, just walk there. There's a line and just keep going down, pick it, you know. Think about it. If you miss something, you can always go back. All right? Okay? <laughs> All right. So with that said, we're going to pray for the food, pray for the fellowship, and uh, if you need to leave, we understand. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this special day, Prophecy Sunday. It's always wonderful to talk about you coming again, Lord. Just give a rundown of what's going to happen in the days ahead in uh, God's economy. Lord, I just pray for those in this world, Lord, who continue to reject you, who are steep into religions, Lord. They would look up to you and see the blessed hope and what they're missing. I pray for God's people this morning. Lord, bless our walk with you. Help us to be a lighthouse, a testimony to those who don't know you. Lord, go with us. I pray for the food. Bless the food as nourishment for our bodies. I pray, Father, that you bless the fellowship. May everything we do, say, the time together, bring honor and glory to your name. Bless the rest of our Sunday. In Jesus' name I pray.